listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while we break break it all down. down hi everyone Welcome back to another episode. I'm Seba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with a local craft and small batch grower here in Oklahoma since 2019 who has popped up on the market and is doing great things. We're super excited to speak with him. He's the owner, operator, and COO of Well-Rooted Genetics. So please welcome Brandon to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, Brandon. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be here. We appreciate you coming to share everything about who you are, your passions, and what you're doing with Well-Rooted Genetics. So let's just dive on in. And will you share with us where your cannabis journey like first began? So like first time I smoked? Yeah, or? first time you smoked, and then you can okay, go was, into that. I was 13 Yeah. Um, with a bunch of... Couple friends, and we got it from a, our friend's sister, I believe. Okay. And then, I it kind of became a normal thing mm-hmm. after that. Like all of us guys, as younger youth at thirteen, yeah. were smoking, and we had go peds, so we'd drive around on our little nice. motorized scooter and get around and smoke joints in the That's so you know, fun. different places. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were like, yeah, but then beyond that, the next real move on it would be, I would say, I was. 16 17-ish when i was per- first prescribed marinol okay okay so that's a synthetic, synthetic marijuana THC. yeah okay. okay so i was prescribed a lot of the medications as a kid because uh i'm blind in one eye and i'm uh have a neurological problem on a whole right side so okay. i was having severe migraines mm-hmm. and growth structure so when i was born they used forceps it crushed the right side of my face severing the optic nerves to my right eye uh causing a bunch of weird things to happen mm-hmm. during puberty they started basically i started having a lot of pain and migraines and anxiety from mm-hmm. it and then they started prescribing me medications for these things and one thing led to another and i started getting stomach ulcers and so i was 16 in high school wow. and so like my stomach was so messed up and i was losing weight from the medication yeah. and they were battling you know like at the same time it was like it was a pharmaceutical time so they're prescribing kids everything freaking possible and right. like not really one doctor checking with the next and there's no communication. Mm -hmm. And so basically it just screwed my stomach up so bad that I ended up getting Marinol and then prescribed uh, medical cannabis because I was living in California. Okay. And uh, my dad, like, so we, I grew up in, I grew up in California, but I've lived all over. My father's actually from Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, Well, he was born out here and lived in Kansas and Arkansas and Texas and all over. Okay. That's cool. uh, We did also lived in Arkansas and Texas when we were younger, but uh, for the most part, California, and I was able to get medical marijuana okay. at like 17, I think is when I had Okay, a so pretty early on yeah. you had and access. I'm, and I'll be 38 next month. Okay, so, okay, right on. Yeah, so, you know, 21 years yeah. almost. Um, so I was able to be one of the first minors. Like, there was other minors, but like, I was very active right away. Yeah. And so I was like, 
uh, the guy at the cannabis dispensary or medical dispensaries that was underage. Mm-hmm. And so like back then, you know, we're talking early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, that was very odd. Yeah. And so like business owners, it legitimized them mm-hmm. in a way to like, this is a kid that, you know, actually, actually needs needs mm-hmm. it and it's working. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just built a community structure. And I would, okay. I got to be around a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to be introduced to a lot of people at an early age and it helped me to where the genetics we get now are connections of friends of ours from 20 plus years that's really cool wow, that's cool so yeah. whenever you pre- you were prescribed marinol like did that work yeah. for you uh marinol is wild okay tell me about yeah, that what's, what's it like so it's kind of crazy because as a kid you know we always explore and it, it's a little rubber pill mm-hmm. with oil inside and it's synthetic so but it smells like pop like popcorn seeds mm-hmm. like po- like buttery popcorn mm-hmm. like when you like and we we'd put it on joints or whatever we had and we'd smoke it and it gets you really high too mm. and it doesn't last in your system as long like mm-hmm. uh for a piss test stuff like yeah. that it's synthetic from my understanding we okay. I was always high so didn't really matter yeah um <laughs> but you know and I could test mm. positive I was in high school and good to go to the office and get a marinol pill like I'm not feeling good mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah go so and take it and then get <laughs> loaded and they're like how did it make you feel oh well so if you take enough of them it's yeah. very visual Okay. Yeah. Like okay. It's the side. It's like the side effects to yeah. the synthetic yeah. part of it. And yeah. We were, my friends and I would go to movies and just trip out. We'd be in the movie theater like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. so funny. So it mm. was, you know, we abused it a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're sixteen. Yeah, we're, I get know, it. Who, who as a sixteen-year-old gets a marinol prescription? Like, <laughs> I know. You're like the one friend that yeah. has it, and everyone's right. like, "What the?" Fuck? I know. And you're kind of <laughs> like, "Let's fuck it up." So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you then consumed like medical marijuana that wasn't synthetic for the first, like after for medical purposes, yeah. did you just were you like, "This is so different"? It is very different. Yeah. So, marinol is very direct on eating. You okay. are going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like really hungry. Like my mom used to like, I remember when Thanksgiving, my mom just kept giving me Marinol and she wanted me to eat for in front of the rest of the family. Cause you know, mm-hmm. she wanted me, to, I was skinny as fuck. Yeah. yeah. I was a tiny little guy. And so yeah. she was like, she really wanted me to like, look like I was like healthy. healthy. Yeah. 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 Totally. And I just remember I was just like getting higher and higher and I'm trying to explain to my mom. I was like, mom, no, like, this <laughs> no is getting, more. This is getting worse. <laughs> because it's it's like it wasn't like weed i could smoke and be functional but Mm -hmm. like you take too many of these things like you're on an acid trip but different yeah it's crazy okay well (laughs) with all the food that you were eating you were probably really active but did you feel like you were gaining weight no the other medications screwed with me oh yeah okay Um, it was like a they had it on everything so yeah i don't want to go too much into it yeah Yeah. that was like we i got myself out of that part of Mm -hmm. all the prescriptions uh luckily Mm -hmm. and Never went back, and that's over 20. Wow. 20, oh, that's about uh, 17 years ago. That's okay. awesome. Yeah, so I, I just couldn't take them anymore. Yeah. And they're just like, to me, it's like, um, so like also with my health stuff, I have a cyst in my pituitary gland, so okay. my body mm-hmm. doesn't produce hormones. So I went through a point where they, I thought I was depressed, mm-hmm. but I was like atrophying on one side of my body because like I was losing so much weight again. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, 
I was depressed, but I was really just, I didn't have any testosterone. Yeah. yeah. So right. I went, like, I kept going to the doctors and they were like, this was when I was in my late 20s and I hadn't taken any pills. And they okay. were like, you need to take antidepressants and you're depressed and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not. I need blood work. Like, please take my blood. Yeah. And they wouldn't do it. It was really odd. Hmm. And like, I was like, I need my hormones checked. And they're like, we don't check men's hormones until they're in their 30s. Uh, and what? Yeah. And they like shut me down like multiple times. And I had to fight for it and fight for it. Yeah. And uh, mm. it was really odd and discouraging. Yeah. I've had a lot of bad experiences with doctors my whole life because okay. I've been in yeah. and out and mm-hmm. poked and prodded nonstop. Right, right. But uh, I found a doctor that, and she apologized after the test labs came, the labs came back because she's like, I've never seen low this low of testosterone in a male at your age. Like, this is wow. not normal. Like, we have to get you an MRA and an MRI of your pituitary gland. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out. Turns out I have a three millimeter cyst on my LR3, wow. which okay. is like, so it's like a hand mm-hmm. and it's the longest third receptor site Okay, is what LR3 means. Mm-hmm. And it basically just shut down my entire production of testosterone. Wow. And so mm. my body was like freaking out. And then yeah. finally when I got on testosterone, um, I get pellets. Mm-hmm. They're like a little surgery they do every six months. Okay, they, they put them in, they're made out of like hemp, they're made out of yams and soy seeds okay okay. it actually produces testosterone through a natural source okay cool and then they release through your body so Mm -hmm. uh i dodged a bunch of bullets by knowing what i've gone through in the medical like and i try to tell like i have five friends in the medical industry now in the weed industry Mm -hmm. that have found out they had low t and they were taking antidepressants before Mm. and i was like hey just so you know Mm -hmm. go get this checked and they're like i have like testosterone levels of a cancer patient and stuff and they're like this is not good and so like they all have gone you brought on. it to their attention. Yeah, and it's yeah. changed everyone's lives on it. It's wow. Wow. <laughs> so it's like there are like sorry to go off on random. No, I think that, that's great for people to hear, period. Yeah. Because I mean, that's that's a probably very normal problem for people get birth to have. Control mm-hmm. Yeah, because their hormones yeah. mm-hmm. all the uh-huh. time. And it's like that men don't get checked. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they don't think about it. Right. And it's like it leads to mental health problems yeah. and it leads to other problems mm-hmm. and it's like misdiagnosed and miss mm-hmm. you yes. start taking a pill that you don't need for yeah. years and it's like you could have your life could have been different yeah, yeah. And it's for like sure just knowing yourself or like mm-hmm. getting blood work done makes a huge having an difference. open mind mm-hmm. more than just what yeah. you're prescribed <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't take the easy route exactly <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Word. If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. So what's your go-to terpene profile or go-to smell when it comes to cannabis? Uh, okay. It's kind of hard to be a go-to for me because... Yeah. Uh, so I smoke probably five to ten different strains a day. <laughs> okay. So um, yeah. it's okay. kind of the mood I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then I do combos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am constantly hunting mm-hmm. in s- for f- flavors. Yeah. So I am a. I tell people I'm a connoisseur of consumption. Mm-hmm. So if you can smell it, see it, if it's art, you can feel it, you can taste it. I want it. Yeah. And I want to know about it. I want to learn about it. Mm-hmm. And I want more of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's like, I'm constantly going to do, try new food every week, new restaurants. I take people out in the industry for this. Like, 
So terpene profiles, I'm looking for everything. Yeah. Uh, right now, I would say the Birkins for me, and I brought this one, it's going to be musky mm. and like, it smells like leather, like a new pair of boots. Okay. And we nicknamed it, so it's a Cuervo strain or from Winter's Circle Genetics. And from my understanding, it's 1942 peanut butter and jelly, but don't quote me on that because it's like not released mm-hmm. genetic. But it's... It grows differently than a lot of other things, but the smell on it literally was supposed to be like leather. So it's like a Birkin's mm-hmm. bag. Wow. But we did a, a a logo with Birkenstocks instead. Oh, cool. Because it smells more like Birkenstocks. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I mean, That's like, cool. who, who of us is ever going to buy a Birkin's bag? Right. Yeah. Like, you got 200K to spend on a Birkin's bag? <laughs> no. No. That's no. crazy. Like, I'd rather buy a house or yeah. like put Real money shit. away for my family or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I went Birkenstocks. Like, <laughs> Smart. Yeah. I was like, this is more relatable for me. Yes. yes. And so, yeah, but uh-huh. that that's a great flavor right now. Um, I love a lot of the rainbow sherbet crosses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. I've always been a lemon cherry gelato guy. And I know that's kind of on the back burner and everyone's got one. Mm-hmm. And I've been growing it for a long time and I've had the original cut. Mm-hmm. It's not a watered down cut and it's not the old Runtz renamed lemon cherry gelato mm-hmm. cut. It's the real deal. And we were kind of known by it. Mm-hmm. I actually just retired it. Um, I'm going to have a lot of angry patients for that one. Okay. Why did you retire it? Uh, sometimes it's, ta- it's best to take away the best thing you have. Yeah. Because uh, then yeah. it forces you to think about the and try the other things. Yeah. So okay. I'm trying to do people it's a risky. favor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Did you keep a cut around, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, I okay, have, good. I have everything uh, libraried. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm not going to grow it for a year yeah. plus. Um, I'll grow it for little batches and mm-hmm. release, like, a couple units here and there okay. and sprinkle it around the state. Yeah. But for the most part, it's, uh, I want people to respect it again. Yeah. Uh, it's the same name that's mm-hmm. out on every shelf and, uh, we don't have the same, it's not the same. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, mm. you can call it what you want, but I'm going to have to bring it back later. And mm-hmm. when people forget about it and hate it again, it's going to be brought back. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of where I'm like, hmm. I like that mindset. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's different. Stepping mm-hmm. out of like the box. Everyone's growing the same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's I like, know. if mm-hmm. I'm going to do something different and I smoke different, I want new yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. So you saying you smoke like a bunch of different strains today. Are you like, nor- how do you like know what your body wants? Or are you just kind of like, I go by the smell the and what s- I feel. Okay. So, yeah. cause I kind of think that terpenes are kind of like, so they're like essential oils to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. So some things are better for you at time, other times and you need them at certain times. Yeah. So sometimes you need stuff to sleep, something mm-hmm. for anxiety, something mm-hmm. for energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the same way. So I'll go jar to jar, Yeah. kind of figure out what I want, make a salad of how I yes. need and then yes. go that I route. Like that. Yeah, I kind of, the salad to me has been more attractive than ever lately. Yeah. I, I feel like, you it's know. It's wonderful. To me, mm-hmm. it's like, because that's, you're cooking. Yeah, right. You're in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You're making your own. Yes. Yeah. You're having fun with it. But then also it's nice to be a purist. Yes. So it's right. like you can enjoy it all. Yeah. Like I enjoy so many other people's flour every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, every time we do a drop, we buy something. Yeah. And we buy somebody else's brand. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to know what's going on. I want to know who has what, what they're working with, yeah. how their cure is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not here to judge them and make it public, but it's for my own. Yeah. And if they ever ask me, I'll tell them honest, you know. Yeah. You're learning and absorbing and yeah. just putting yourself out there. Taking in, in the, other people's art. Yeah. Essentially. It is. Yeah. From one artist to another. We're uh-huh. all artists. And I put, mm-hmm. I preach that too. Yeah. It's like, to me, it's like we all have different paintbrushes mm-hmm. or spackle knives or 
whatever you make, there's, you know, there's people that make pottery and there's people that sculpt sculptures and there's right. painters and there's graphics designers and there's digital artists. And yeah. it's like, we all have the end results the same. It's art. Right. You feel it, you're visual and it, yeah. it draws one person or multiple mm -hmm. people to it mm -hmm. totally. and it turns people and it feels something. Yes. Yeah. Cannabis is the same way. We grow differently. We all have a different paintbrush. We have a different building. Mm -hmm. It would be so boring if everyone had to grow. It would be. Yeah. Everyone is only grow this way. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to call out one yeah. side more than another because there's too many finger pointing and negativity in this mm -hmm. business. Right. That we could all point fingers and judge each other and, yeah. you know, force our opinions down other people's throats mm -hmm. all the time. But the fact is, is maybe people just want to do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's how they were taught and that's mm -hmm. their beauty to it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't have to all be the same. Yeah. yeah. Like hand slapped for doing one thing for, yeah. The other. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. and then there's totally, big, there's big businesses in it and that's Costco. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we all shop at Costco. Yeah. I mean, Every, yeah, I, we, I love Costco. Yeah. But I yeah. also That's love, a good little way to put it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also love going to the farmer's market. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So if I can afford to go to the farmer's market yes. every day, I'm going to be at the farmer's so market yeah. every day. Yes. But if I have, kids and everything else and i need costco right you go with costco i go with costco yeah, yeah. you do so, what you need to do yeah and i think that's the beauty of this market mm -hmm. it is you know we have For so sure. much diversity in mm -hmm. it and size mm -hmm. and capacity of what people are putting out yeah. and what they're growing with and how they're growing and what they're hunting and everything else it's Oh. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool, especially being in Oklahoma, being from Oklahoma to see what Oklahoma is doing. And like I was just out in California two weeks ago and I smoked some really, really great outdoor bud and like living soil. That's what I asked for. And it yeah. was great. But I was like, this is awesome, but this is no better because you know people talk about oh. cali weed is so great and maybe i haven't tried the right stuff but i was like this is no better than my growers at home doing no. doing what they do for me mm -hmm. and yeah. that's in my state and if anything like the look of it even like outdoor growers that i love here like the look of it was so much more beautiful here than it yeah. was out there and like the weather is better out there for you know just even like it's things like that yes yeah i would call it more stable yeah uh because an environment is an environment mm -hmm. wherever you're at mm -hmm. and everyone like every regional or yeah. it has a different environment that creates a different atmosphere just like wine mm -hmm. apparitions and wine is like different yeah. Yeah. elevations mm -hmm. amount of oxygen in the air anything you can think of that yeah. helps with the soil and changes it's same thing with california versus oklahoma yeah, outdoor. that's true and it's like different times of the year we different mm -hmm. amounts of sun mm -hmm. so we have different seasons to a degree that's true so that's, it's a different perspective that's so interesting i wouldn't could have thought of that been smoking something from an, a season that was light depth yeah or assisted or all these okay, things because yes. you get more you get more growing time sometimes mm -hmm. in certain parts of yeah. california because there's people are growing in deserts yeah outdoor and you don't realize that like there's so many like i love this state for the opportunities that are here mm -hmm. that california does not provide mm -hmm. yeah um i think a lot of people like i'm, I'm appreciative of all the opportunities because i see it and I don't want to slap the hand that feeds me mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. There's a time to push back and there's a time to accept what is mm -hmm. reality. But yeah. what we've been given here is pretty beautiful. Mm -hmm. We have unlimited plant count. Um, I think that we should have tiered license to yeah. help mm -hmm. with the little guys and the little businesses. Mm -hmm. And you got 200 acres growing. Like, come yeah. on, you got to pay a little more. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Know, you right. could pay the tax man a little bit. Like, yeah. you're changing some stuff around. Mm -hmm. But, um, this state is pretty amazing in what we have, especially 
I think as it grows, the more greenhouses and like Dutch style greenhouses and mm-hmm. gutter to gutters or end to ends that we can get. Yeah. Um, with climate controlled greenhouses out here, we'd be in a really better place because we don't have that mold mm-hmm. question thing again. And I think that we have a very big opportunity here. And I don't think it's much different here than California. There is more experience, I would say. Yeah. In some of the buildings and yeah. the time they've been in them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough people think about that. Um, when you have an indoor environment, it is not always the same every building. It is not always the same in every greenhouse. So imitating and perfecting it and getting it dialed in into your strains is very key. So with maturity of a market, the market will grow and develop in a better way, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So that, I think that's one thing that we have here that Mm -hmm. in an opportunity, we we are growing at a faster rate than any other state has in education on yeah. the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right about that. So with all of this being said, how what are your thoughts on like recreational and it not like passing here in Oklahoma? And so, oh, okay. <laughs> you're like, did you really just ask me that? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you want to hear it? Well, okay, I mean, so just kind of based off what we're saying. I have been outspoken about everyone is entitled to their own vote and their own opinion. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that everyone is allowed their own fears and Mm -hmm. that's their reality Mm -hmm. of the situation yeah and we have to respect that and the church is afraid yes i don't think any of us are ever going to overcome that yeah the church is always one yeah yeah taking over countries and enslaved people right the church will do whatever they want and Mm -hmm. they will get their people to follow and I'm not talking about about the church. No, I, just, I know what you mean though. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean though. We're in a mm-hmm. we're in a place in Oklahoma where we do live in the Bible Belt and we do live in a place where there are a ton of churches. And yes. you know, there and are a lot the of voting was at the church. Uh, yes. And yes. Like when you break it down. Yeah, I went to voting I went to a Baptist church. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. what's right out front? Save the kids. Yeah. And it's like uh, right. the other thing was there's a lot of companies that put a lot of money and effort into saying say yes or say no. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, we're just in the politics thing. Right. That's where we're back at. Yeah. And we don't have a lobbyist. Yeah. We don't have one person that is really a stand up lobbyist that doesn't throw mud at the other person. Yeah. Too many of the people in the industry that started to be lobbyists are throwing mud at each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, that's not going to go well in Congress. They're going to dig up your dirt. And, you know, it's like, that's why I don't, I, none of us really want to do it. Yeah. Like, we got all got dirt. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's, like, <laughs> it's like putting a target on your back and really just asking is. for it. It's just like, and so everyone's like, ah, oh, crap, you know? It's yeah. Like, uh, I did want rec. Yeah. Um, reason being is, okay, everyone says, don't California my Oklahoma. Okay. Did anyone think about the fact that California went wreck before all the states around it did Mm -hmm. and that it funneled all that weed across the United States Mm -hmm. and if not world internationally. So when we're looking at statistics, it's really easy to look at a graph and change the statistics Mm -hmm. by how you narrow it down and look Mm -hmm. at what frame you want of it. So you're looking at a graph that these sales were super high and then it dwindled. Well, that's because Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Colorado, Everyone started going wreck around mm-hmm. Arizona. They started getting med programs. Mm-hmm. Everyone started following suit. So the people that were driving across state lines to pick up medical weed mm-hmm. and recreational weed stopped having to drive, stopped having to transport and traffic weed. We all forget about this. Mm-hmm. The reason I want rec is access. The one yes, word I would yeah. say is access mm-hmm. to more people. Right now it's almost $300 to get a med card. With the government fees, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's two hundred. Don't quote yeah, me. Yeah, but this. I mean, it's yeah. still a couple hundred. It's not. It's not affordable by any means. How much groceries can you get at Costco or mm-hmm. Wal or Walmart 
for two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. uh, I could feed my family yeah. for two plus weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yes, I'm yeah, just that's saying a lot of food. That's one twenty fourth of your year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically two weeks. Mm-hmm. You think of that's a half a month. A lot of people are on budgets. Right. Mm-hmm. We're hitting a recession to a depression. Yes. Yeah. And you want to talk about people being able to afford to buy a med card or not. And mm-hmm. they're deciding between groceries or medication right. to put on their table mm-hmm. and they could go pay their friend that has a med card to go buy it for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so people are going to get creative, but they're not going to, if they didn't have to, I think that more people would be purchasing yeah. and it would have saved more businesses. Mm-hmm. I think the legislation was written poorly. And I think a lot of people were fearful of it. And there yeah. was a lot of fear mongering. We know that with bills, Definitely. they're going to change. Look at the, the yeah. five times before they make it into passing. Right. Mm-hmm. They're just a placeholder. Yeah. And these placeholders are scary titles. They are. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, we were done a disservice yeah. by a lot of the communities yeah. by not educating people in the yeah, for process sure. of this. Plus, it was the one thing you voted on. I yeah. know. The one thing. Way yeah. to segregate it. I know. I mean, Nothing else with on. it. Like, mm-hmm. just put it on the so only piece of paper you ex- got. Yeah. You only get extremists on either side. Yeah, yeah. really and yeah. truly. And it's, I, mean, yeah. I know. I was, whenever I was in there voting, like, the people I was looking at, it was just kind of like, I'm, I was like, are you here for it or are you not? Like, it was yes. like, yeah. it, I could other. tell, like, I'm either like, these two people are your, you know, normal, you know, person working their office job with their wife who came in. I'm like, you guys are either so against it or you're, you're so like old. so with it. You're and closet or you're not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. couldn't figure it out, you know, and, and so I'm just kind of like. Sometimes it's so hard to figure it out. And, I, and not that I need to. Be on but a public vote. Yeah. yeah. On a normal yeah. one. On a, like a regular ballot, which it wasn't because right. obviously we know what happened there. And yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, yes. it's so crazy how like a plant can be so complex and humans make it so complex. Right. And it, it shouldn't be that way. Like there shouldn't be this much chaos over a plant that someone's growing that's safe, like drugs, healing baby. their life. Yeah. It's just so crazy to me because when you really break it down like that and if like I really broke it down like that to a politician like what would they say? Well, the funny thing is it was done in politics to bastardize the plant in the first place Horrible. because of hemp yeah. versus marijuana and then they used race or to go into it and mm-hmm. that was a whole thing that made the whole propaganda around marijuana being bad or cannabis in general yeah. it's like i mean look at the textile properties alone the oil properties of can of hemp i mean mm-hmm. i think it's a one quarter acre of hemp can turn you can uh extract it and turn it into biofuel to run your car for one year isn't that amazing come on like that's uh, literally all of our this like the solution <laughs> to our problems right. are right there and i'm like okay did you know that cannabis like so i was wa- watching another thing on the news the day and this guy comes out basically saying that cannabis cleans the air faster than it ever pollutes the air or mm. pollutes the ground it's it's pulling pro- like the problems out at the same time and cleaning it wow. so it's like a, the plant hurt it helps the earth in so many ways i mean like, look at cotton you get rid of cotton and you can get four t- Four harvests a year versus two in well, cotton, yeah. and your soil's better, and it's not destroying it, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And it's like the plant's easier to harvest. There's right. so many things like we could be doing textiles that way. It's like, but paper. like, why would they do that? Because that's way too power it be. Yeah, the exactly. People in it's place and the plastic companies are too. I don't want to yeah. get like conspiracy theory, but like, let's be real. Like, <laughs> this is the place to do it. <laughs> we are the people to do it with. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, let's think about this hemp plastic. Uh-huh. We've all had a hemp straw, right? Yeah. yeah. They're better. They're just as good as plastic mm-hmm. straws. But we went paper. Yeah. 
Papers are horrible. The I fucking hate paper straws. Paper straws. I fucking hate. No one I will likes stop a, going to a place if they have a paper no straw. One, yeah, no one likes a paper straw. <laughs> I hate it. It, it melts in the bottom of your ice. It's disgusting. It turns in. It closes up on you. Yeah. No one wants it. But a hemp pl- plastic version of it, straw, it biodegrades the same mm-hmm. way, and it's a lot cheaper to produce. Yeah. Like, doesn't mm. make sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It seems make like it a no-brainer. Sense. I know. Right? You would think. I know. You I know. would think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. So, Randon, let's flip the script a little bit. In your own words, will you tell us who you are and what you do? Okay, so I would call, I'm an operator. I would not call myself a grower. Um, for me, um, I'm like, I'm a big problem solver, solution driven type person. So like I, someone tells me a problem, I want to figure it out and mm-hmm. fix it. So for cannabis, I guess in my world and everything I do from my previous experiences and jobs is I was always a fixer. Mm-hmm. So my job was always fixing issues. And cannabis is constantly like they're like children or dogs. It's like you never know what you're going to walk into. For me, because calling myself a grower would be too narrow of a perspective. Yes, Mm -hmm. I understand that. Yeah. And it's like we do in our building. There's two in the back. We're 96 lights flowering. So there's two in the back with me. I work every day in the garden. Mm -hmm. I am there seven days a week, most likely. I think uh, this last month I did 24 days in a row. Okay. Um, So my guys didn't work the weekends. And so... All our moms and uh, teens are hand watered until we get to a flower room and okay. then they're on drippers. But we got to go in there and manually do everything ourselves on that. We mix our tanks ourselves daily so we don't rely on dosatrons because we're a small business. Uh, but for me, it's like I'm doing growing, HVAC, electrical some days, plumbing. Yeah, wearing all a ton of time. hats. Yeah, yeah operating like, the building. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're maintaining all of our equipment all yeah. the time. And it's like our rooms are uh, smoke sealed. So okay. it's like. And then on top of that, we're doing mark. I'm doing marketing. I do about 80% yeah. of the sales for our business. Yeah. And wow. The sales was different because like, I don't look at, I'll share this with everyone. And I hope that they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I look at it as like relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go around to a bar every night and try to get a one night stand, or you could build long-term relationships mm-hmm. and help develop somebody else's business yeah. and their craft yeah. and create something better. And that way, for us as a company, I can come out with about four to eight new strains a month, okay. which is really hard to do. Well, with yeah. te- like, we're doing six months of research on them and running them as single and two and three mm-hmm. and nine at a time and stuff. Um, but I'm trying to release about forty strains a year okay. to the market, and with that, we're like, I'm constantly trying to evolve that and. That also makes it hard to get consistency with your yeah. clients. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people grow the same strains, but then it gets burned out. For me, it's I want to take you on a journey. Mm-hmm. I'm building a, uh, a restaurant menu. Okay. It changes by the season mm-hmm. or by the month, and I want to take you on a journey of terpenes and profiles and highs that you won't get anywhere else. Or you might get, but I want to show you how I do it. Okay, so this is a great segue into my question, which is, how do you go through to pick different genetics and what the what the seasonal menu is like? What's the what's your Ooh. what's your process in that? Because even just by the conversation that we've had, you seem like you're very a methodical and very like creative. Yeah. 
person, especially with your cannabis. Yeah. So, so what's that look like for you? Sometimes they'll be released in series of like, I got five different Skittles crosses I'm going to release and I'm going to do them all in the same month. And that's really risky because it's like you should spread them out across the whole year. And I kind of just want to release all of them once. Yeah. At once. Mm-hmm. Kind of find out where they go. But I'm already running them one time for myself. And then I have like I do group sessions of smoking. So every Thursday, roughly, um, or every other Thursday, I meet with small business owners mm-hmm. and we get dinner. And then we smoke and try new finos. Oh, cool. Um, That's fun. Yeah. So I just proactive. Yeah. Yeah. I try to take them to a different restaurant, try oysters, try Mm -hmm. uni, try gator, try frog legs, try new vegetables that they haven't tried or fruits and like try to just try something to get your, because it will spark something in your mind. And some people are more suggest, like they like it more than others. And Mm -hmm. some people shut down and don't know what to do. But I'm trying to get them to think about trying different things Mm -hmm. and new experiences and then maybe one of these flavors just sticks out more yeah. than the rest of it. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what was that? And you got to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And then you start hearing the conversation change and it goes mm-hmm. back to the weed and you're like, okay, that's a winner. Yeah. I'm going to pull this one in and maybe I won't grow these ones or maybe I'll try it again later and it needs a little different time in the season. And yeah. maybe my palate wasn't right for it then. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't burn them and get rid of them right away. I'll s- library them and then come back to them yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, it's like maybe th- I don't know, and like, but that's how I kind of choose it. That's cool. And then it comes together, and then we're like, all right, well, and then I start watching them grow, and then that's the next part. Is so it's like beyond just the flavors, I gotta find partners. So my plants, just because they finish in one group is fifty six days, one sixty three mm-hmm. days, and these are by weeks, so they'll give you uh, rough estimates of where you're gonna pull, and we're scoping every day and checking mm-hmm. them every day. Uh, it's very important for me to be with my plants every day. My wife, yeah, she hates me on vacation, I think, lately because mm-hmm. I'm like <laughs> checking my phone and yeah. watching the cameras and checking the feed schedule. Yeah, yeah. you got to do it though. Yeah. Um, but some of these strains go 70 days, 70 plus, 77 plus days. And mm-hmm. so I'll put them into those groups of days. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, they also like different environments. So some of them are like, based on the crosses i'll kind of hope that that will show me something of where they're from and what they can do with each yeah, other and i've yeah. talked to other growers that have grown it so some of them like more humid environments or more dry, dry environments. sometimes they want more water than others and some want to be the driest plant possible and so i try to find and make notes throughout the year of growing these things so i get about six months to nine months growing them uh, before i release them and bring them to market and okay. this way i can try to find the best combination of their homes together or their sisters or you know their family Mm -hmm. and so then sometimes like they just don't work out and i'll get a bad run out of it and uh i'll realize it needs to go with this plant Mm -hmm. and i'll see the difference and then we're like we'll put it with the next one and it's like the best freaking weed ever and you're like excited because you found its family yeah yeah it's It's a journey yeah that's for your plants too and that kind of builds the menu from there and then i also look at the seasons of what's in season and fruit Mm -hmm. and vegetables and like what the trend is in menus right now and stuff like that and like if like same with weed menus i'm Mm -hmm. trying to predict a little bit more yeah and uh Kind of the funny thing is the predictions come a lot from the California black market. Mm -hmm. So believe it or not, the California black market kind of sets the precedence of what is going to be popular. Interesting. Uh, A lot of these companies release the clones to greenhouses before they go to market Mm -hmm. because it's too risky to go to market. Or this is how it used to be done. Used to be too risky to go to market with a strain without knowing it's a winner. 
So if it sells well on the black market, yeah, then it's going to be a winner. It'll be a headache. Yeah, Typically. it's like your rough draft of a market. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like you go mm-hmm. and do your your dress rehearsal type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It makes sense. It makes total wow, sense. Wow, it's so cool to hear how you do what you do because it's very different than a lot of the people. Yeah. That I mean, everyone obviously does things very different, but I feel like that's just a very it's like a curation of a whole experience, but it's very culinary. Yes. Like that's the word that comes to mind when you're talking about your cannabis. It's a culinary experience. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are going to want to talk about that next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so that's actually a great segue into, um, I saw that the, the dinner you hosted recently, yes. which seemed super cool. So what was the idea behind that? Because you set a very certain tone with the videos that I saw and it was exactly the kind of experience I've envisioned mm-hmm. when I thought about like pairing cannabis dinner together. Yeah. It seemed like it was executed beautifully and even the people that were there were very mindfully set on the table. So yeah. what all went into that? What was your vision behind it? How long has, has this been on your mind? So I am a big foodie. And this is very close to my heart. I have a mem- like memories for smell. Mm-hmm. So if I smell something or taste something, it takes me back somewhere. And so it's like same with weed, food, mm-hmm. alcohol, uh, dr- fruit, food in general, yeah. just flowers, anything that you can smell, uh, locations. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be hot tar on a roof from roofing. It'll remind me of something. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter, yeah. but it takes me visually. And I might get a little emotional because this is very close to me on these things. Uh, Food is like really important. Mm -hmm. I love food and uh, I'll travel for food. Like when we do our vacations, it's like, I'm like, okay, we're going here, here, here. This one partners with this farm and this farm does this. Yeah, that's really neat. And so I may never remember the name of the restaurant again, but I'll remember the experience Mm -hmm. and I'll get friends with the chefs. And so before this, I used to, I took a break and I still ran my cart company that I had at the time in California, but I used to tour with Insomniac. Uh, EDC, Electric Daisy Carnival, mm-hmm. and I toured around and worked underneath my uncle, and we did huge video productions. And so I'd be all over the world, and I would tour and be gone in Europe for three to six months at a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd be by myself with a crew of like a twenty to a hundred camera guys. Mm-hmm. And so I was the conductor underneath the director. Okay. So I curated where they ate, where they like their schedules, their and, schedules, yeah. their transport, like. Then I'd curate on the floor of where it moved. Like my uncle, my uncle was the director, so he'd always be in my ear and it'd mm-hmm. be like, I'm the only one pretty much talking to him. He was like, you gotta talk to this person, do this, do mm-hmm. this. And so I learned about curation and flow and workflow and restaurant flow. And during this time I would go to all these Michelin star restaurants and uh, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, I've done a ton of the restaurants on wow, that. Cool. So I would go online and just like, oh, I'm in this city, what mm-hmm. should I do? And so I'd be by myself, so I'd call up the restaurants and. Obviously, I'm American, and they'd laugh and, you know, be in a different language and break the barrier. And I'd be like, I'm by myself. I will take any time. Mm-hmm. Can I come and eat at the chef's table? What do you got? I will sit in the back. I just want the food. Yeah. And they were like, come in. And I would never get cool. turned down. Because, like, how many times does a restaurant yeah. have a three-talk or someone cancel? Or, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's always one seat. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, I just want to eat and yeah. drink whatever you guys give me. And then they're like, really? And I'm like, I don't care. Like... I'll eat everything. Just let me sit there and eat. That's so so cool. You know, I always make friends with the chef and I'd learn things. And so food became important to me. And I started realizing with cannabis, uh, the plant has more smells and textures than any other species of plants we have. And so to me, it 
and the the way we have as a community bred plants and mm-hmm. smuggled plants from all parts of the world. So we're talking about like for me, it'd be like smuggling fruit seeds mm-hmm. and then crossbreeding them with other fruit and causing all these different things to happen that wouldn't normally happen unless the birds were flying around with the seeds and ha- somehow magically would be able to happen and cross pollinate. Mm-hmm. But we had all these closed environments where people created these beautiful strains and smells and tastes and stuff. And it just hasn't been used in a way that we use like oregano and parsley and all these other ingredients that are plants yeah. and we're mm-hmm. using them for their smells and their textures. But cannabis is the same thing and it has more to it. So why aren't we cooking with it? Not to get effects driven. I think everyone goes, it's all about the money and how to get someone loaded. It's like, you know, when these dinners happen, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to have this amount of milligrams and this, and let's get yeah. really messed up. And no one wants to get that fucking high. No. Yeah. I'm just going to be real. I, I, don't, I can't yeah. carry on a conversation on at that point. It's like, dude, no, I don't want that many milligrams. I take yeah. 200 milligrams to go to sleep, yeah. but not to eat. And right. to be around people and function. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to have conversations with somebody who I'm fucked up. And look at people now with vape pens. Yeah. Vape pens are flavor. They're going for it. So weed is flavor. We're now going for different tastes mm-hmm. and candy and sweet and creamy and gas mm-hmm. and earthy right. and everything. These are all things we describe in food. Yeah. Why are we not cooking with it as a plant? Yeah. So the challenge came from underground kitchen group mm-hmm. um ugk and roger and jesse uh roger curates all the events and jesse's one of the main chefs i started following them all on instagram and looking at there's they did these private diner dining mm-hmm. events and they were always curated beautifully it was like artistic and like uh one would be like the gala and one would be like uh i don't know like different themes of like one was like machina uh like so it's like sexy dress like oh, cool. metal yeah. and stuff and like cool. there's all these different themes that they did and they were always at a different locations and it reminded me of things back home like dinner parties and mm-hmm. stuff that like people would really put a lot of my wife's a uh, was in like a burning man person so yeah. like a lot of our friends are very artsy and cool, really in the art yeah. community in san francisco and it was like we'd always be seeing different stuff and people dress up and have fun and have theme parties mm-hmm. and stuff and so these guys were doing the same thing with food and they were like then i started looking into so I started getting methodical on things if I'm going to put my time into it. So I started going to their restaurants that they worked at. And I started mm-hmm. seeing the other chefs they partnered with. And I would go to their restaurants and then sit there and try their food before I'd say anything. Then I'd message them on Instagram, just like someone would message you on a business thing and say, mm-hmm. hey, really like what you're doing. I mean, maybe they say that or they ask you a question. But I always thank them for their dinner and, you know, and appreciate what I got out of it. And uh, started conversations with these people and friendships. And then I asked them to have a meeting and I met them at this coffee shop and I brought a box full of weed in and jars and I'm like, this reminds me of this and this. And like they were kind of blown away with like what my passion was for smells and mm-hmm. cannabis. And I was like, I don't, I'm not a cook. I'm a farmer. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is what I do. And I try to curate something. I want to challenge you guys to do this. These are the ideas I have. and I'd love to work with you. And so we started working together and this idea came about. And so then I would go to my shop and like, Right before the lights go off, I'd be like big leafing all these vegetation plants. So that right before flower, and then on day fourteen, I big leaf and try different stuff. And this all because so my building is set up five flower rooms, mm-hmm. and then a bedroom, a mom room, and a clone room. And so I have plants in every two weeks of their life in a stage. Okay. So you can see a plant in every stage wow. of its life at all times, and That's I'll cool. go over that later why. But uh, this helps me curate smaller because I can use any part of the plant. So we were able to juice different leaves and 
I would make these bundles of leaves all by the stalks or the stems and like the huge fan leaves and they'd all be de- like put mm-hmm. together and I'd fill these five gallon buckets with the lid on it and keep the moisture in there. And I'd get them all to different stage and they'd be on rubber bands and I'd show them. And so like they would start veg or juicing leaves mm-hmm. per stage to see the different tastes and texture per strain. And it was starting to taste like V8 juice, wow. but all of them would taste different. And then they started doing stuff where they'd dry sift keef and then really separate it because I taught them about how the trichomes would stick together. And mm-hmm. so they low temp baked it to kind of get some of the THC down and like sh- like soften it up because mm-hmm. it's really abrasive. And then we did ground bud um, mixed with that and then breading. And so we were able cool. to bread pork with it and stuff like that. Wow. And then they were using uh, dry ice with nugs in it and to make smells come out and burn it in a different way at a different temp and freeze it almost. And like they were doing all sorts of crazy things and really pushing the envelope on themselves. They did like hemp seed horchata mix and stuff like that. And uh, the next thing that we're doing is we're working with uh, Zenoa actually. He's got a Mobius cool. mm-hmm. machine. It's about a very expensive machine, but it does uh, medical grade distillate and medical grade terpenes. So it can completely separate the THC and all cannabinoids from terpenes. So we're going to be using the terpenes to sous vide and stuff like that and marinade and really start to explore new rev- avenues mm-hmm. with this. We're even smoking meat with full plants. Wow. And like, yum. So we're trying, yeah, we're trying different plants. And we're going to yeah. have like, so we're going to have like four smokers at my house trying different meats and stuff. <laughs> and right now we're, so after this dinner, it sparked a lot of interest. We're doing one on May 19th, mm-hmm. right down the street from here, actually. It's literally at an art studio um, right down here, but it's huge. Be 80 to 100 people. Nice. going to be eight chefs, eight companies that are cultivation. Wow. They have to be an o- owner-operator. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to work with people that work with their plants every day. Yeah. Um, we also have talked to other people that I have one. I don't want to drop too many names, but uh, one is a third-generation cattle farmer. Um, and he's from here, mm-hmm. and so he's also a farmer, and he's a great farmer on weed, uh, and he's really been in the ag world for a long time, and he's been very kind to me. He's hooking us up with some friends that own local produce farms here around. That's awesome. So everything will be locally sourced from all the meat, mm-hmm. the poultry, I mean, the poultry, the beef, the That's pork, awesome. uh, yeah. the vegetables, and they have exotic vegetables and seasonal vest- mm. vegetables, and these are all locally sourced and local chefs from local restaurants, yeah. and then we're doing mocktails, Okay, with it yeah. so the goal is like i kind of we're, we're trying to figure out the liquor part mm-hmm. but the goal is to do mocktails in my opinion because mm-hmm. it allows everyone to drink yeah yeah and it, yeah. everything looks the same but mm-hmm. it's bring your own beer or bring your own bottle yeah. Yeah. so the drinks are going to be curated like oh this could go with mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. vodka or this could go with you know this one pairs with these three different liquors yeah so if you would like tequila bring your bottle of tequila mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. get your table set it up there's gonna be a live art performance there's like but it's gonna be like a farmer's market style where you walk up to each chef you get to talk to them and the farmer will be there and so they'll be describing what they've done how they've done it uh what came up with their idea and cool kind of like Mm -hmm. curated experience that allows you to see this is every part of your food Mm -hmm. all came together from these people Mm. and it's like it's our, our goal is, and not all of it has THC, mm-hmm. by the way, so we're going to try to have every meal. We've, we're still figuring this out. Um, you can, on the spot, they'll be cooking it, so it will either be THC or left. Without okay. And most of it should have no THC. We're trying to go with just more as an ingredient right. mm-hmm. and using the plant as an ingredient um, instead of an effects. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, this way we can pull the conservative market. And I think mm-hmm. as a community, 
we need to bridge the this, gap, the gap mm-hmm. majorly. We need to look at this as what, what's the better way than breaking bread with people yeah. at a dinner table. Right. Yeah. There's I mean, no, really, there's no more common thing that goes yeah. back to an older time mm-hmm. than breaking bread. Totally. Yeah. I mean, people, when they, you had two countries that were at war, they mm-hmm. broke bread together mm-hmm. to, to yeah. fix things and have a yeah. conversation. And it's like, this is where we can get with politicians mm-hmm. and people that were like museum curators and different things that you would never rub elbows with. Right. Yeah. And people in like different arts communities, performance arts and all these other things that like, that touches everyone. And you can bring these together and really build a new type of community mm-hmm. or an acceptance of this. Um, so that's really my goal is to like, just really get people to understand that this is not scary. Yeah. Uh, yes. This is, this is real. It's not going anywhere, and we have an opportunity to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And if everyone loves food, so yeah. if we can make food taste better and different, come on, like everyone's gonna get on that. Yeah, yeah. and it's not getting you high. No, totally. yeah, and I mean, we always say cannabis is community, but food is also community. Like food connects so many cultures and so many flavors yeah. and people kinds and of people. backgrounds. Yeah, because everyone has to eat. Exactly. And so the fact <laughs> that you're you're bridging the gap between the two for and to make this available and inviting for everyone. And it's not so like cannabis is an additive, but it's not the main all piece. Centered that, yeah, it's all centered around it. And yeah. it's not like the normal cannabis you event experience that you have in Oklahoma. I think yeah. it's when I say culinary, like it's such a culinary experience yeah. and like there's no it just is so like exquisite yeah. that's the only word that those are the only two words that to, i can think of and we don't want to like alienate people we want people to dress up yeah we want people yeah. to feel special like mm-hmm. they're going somewhere because yes. how many times now in our culture we just show up in sweatpants right yes. and it's like i love being in sweatpants yeah. i have a ton of sweats but i love to dress up but i love to good. dress up and feel good yeah. and give me a reason to go yeah. out and rub elbows with some new people exactly. yeah. and not be the same people at the same event right mm-hmm. like we're not even doing djs i love djs i yeah. come from the dj yeah. world i'm yeah. not talking shit on djs right i have a four-piece jazz band coming Beautiful. and they're from very big bands and like cool like electric bands and stuff mm-hmm. but they all play instruments and they play together and they play off each other and like we're trying to do a different vibe. Cool. I'm like, excited to hear about it and Yeah. It'll be good. It. Yeah. So Amazing. Yeah. So um you've been in other cannabis markets before. What's something that stands out to you about our Oklahoma market compared to the other ones that you've been in? Even maybe like cuz you've only grown in Oklahoma, right? Or no, you, I grew in California so like for even, a long time. So like even with that, like what's had okay. like what what's a few big differences that you've noticed? Well, uh, the major one was when we first got out here as a group, uh, all of us had never owned a legal grow okay. so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a legal indoor grow. Yes. So we have all, we built our facility ourselves from the ground up. And so like all my guys like actually physically worked there. Yeah. Like we put our walls up, we put mm. our drywall up, like mm-hmm. we did plumbing and stuff. Like we hung all our own lights, mm-hmm. but with that was permitting. And we had no idea the permit process. So that was something we had to learn. Mm -hmm. And it was much easier than California because you're talking three years. Mm -hmm. License is 700,000 or whatever. There was a statistic going around. It's like you'll spend $3 million before you get to market. That's crazy. Yeah. So when people want to complain about license fees going up a little bit, I kind of laugh a little bit. Yeah, because you're like, this is nothing. Yeah, well, the reason the license were so expensive because it barred entry was a little harder. And we're talking about medicine. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know of one pharmaceutical industry you pay $2,500 for to get a license. Yeah. I'm just saying. 
I mean, just, yeah. There's some requirements if you're going to say it's medicine, especially mm-hmm. for sick people and people that are like asthmatic and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing when you cure in post-production and you mm-hmm. screw it up and you make someone sick. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, that is. And it's like, where's the recourse? Where's mm-hmm. the insurance on your business? Because there isn't. Yeah. Because we're medical. Right. Cannabis. And it's like, so you, what are you going to do? Sue some company that barely, yeah. that's growing out of their, you know, their tin shed in the mm-hmm. back, but they got a license. And it's like, not a good move yeah that to me that's a little scary on that um i think that we need less licenses Mm -hmm. i think that there should have been a little bit harder to get a license i mean on permitting um i think that's coming down in a sad way like we had opportunities to go into unincorporated areas and when we first got my business partner has been out here for a long time and uh he's a good friend of mine that Mm -hmm. we've been friends for years and uh when we were looking at places we had real estate agents pushing us to unincorporated because they're like oh, well, you don't have to get permits. You can get built real fast and you don't have to permits. And we're like, we knew that the permits would be coming. Yeah. We didn't know how yeah. to get permits. Do it the right way. But we built, yeah. we built a flagship from the start. Yeah. And it's like, it took us a lot longer to get to market, but I'll never have to change anything. I benefited yeah. you and, and your entire team knows the core of your yeah. building, which is you don't have to hire outside help because you guys did it. So Cost it's your in core the beginning. Team. But it's more worth it in the end. We because, can maintenance everything. Yeah, and now you don't have to hire somebody out. And yeah. just to have an extra... Because I know how people are about their grows and having bodies come in and out. That's and like, big one. Especially yeah. with germs and all the other things. And Airborne some people... Bugs. Yeah, some people are a lot more tailored down than others. And oh, so yeah. that's a whole different thing, especially if a worker's been in a bunch of different environments. And what oh, yeah. are you bringing into my environment? Yeah, and, and then so, the HVAC guy shows up and you're spraying him down with isopropic alcohol from head to toe. And he's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, what he's are you like doing. Yeah. You're like, stay still. <laughs> <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> Lift your feet up next. <laughs> That's funny. But I think this market is great. Uh, yeah. Yes. In a way that uh, I think California is killing itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, oversaturated, overproduction, um, giving too many businesses license to the big guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just it's getting beat up that way yeah um i do like the small craft farmers so mm-hmm. i think that that 2500 license should stay for the people that are under a certain amount of lights yeah and then i think it should go by what you produce and whatnot mm-hmm. and it's like i mean everyone can lie on what they produce but you know size capacity stuff like yeah. that it's usually square footage most other states have had tiered programs for that to prevent the small guy from getting screwed out mm-hmm. and like they've also prevented like big companies from doing large pheno hunts so like if you have like five thousand acres they will like in other states they mm-hmm. will limit how much you can how many seeds or oh. plants you can have because yeah. like you could really you could grow do a lot some yeah. Stuff. Major, yeah. Well, yeah and it's like you could be hunting out everything and then like the small guys that were doing these in-house breedings right. you just burned them all yeah mm-hmm. because like, yeah i get yeah. what you're yeah. saying yeah so it's like the the value of the small business is very mm-hmm. important it is it's yeah. very important so as a small batch grower what would you say is something that you really take pride in with your flower that is like, uh, and or maybe something that's like a like a non-negotiable. Like this is a step that can never be. Like, obviously, there's a lot of steps, and I know that's hard to say, but like this is one thing that's a non-negotiable that we have to do every time to maintain our standards. Um, cure. Okay. Cure post-production. Yeah. Um, everyone go pretty plant. Why is that? Um. All right. So, I think this main thing is where most cure or most weed that looks good and doesn't smoke well this is where it happens um if you go into my facility you'll notice that even when you harvest out of a room into the hallway our hallway is temperature controlled and hvac and uh, it's we have vpt control basically in our hallway 
So we have a DHU and HVAC running in our hallway, mm-hmm. and our hallways are sealed also. So like when we're taking out of the room, it's the same temperature as what we're curing in. Okay. So it never changes temp ever mm-hmm. in our hallways or a building. The only time that weed will ever change from 60-60 is once it leaves that building and it goes in a cooler. Wow. And it's like, so we dry, We have a storage containers. Mm-hmm. We built, We dropped two shipping containers in our building, insulated them from the outside, have burp fans on them, ACs, and dehumidifiers in it. And wow. we have rolling racks that we keep all our stored weed in there. So it's constantly curing at 60-60, never breaks temp. I see a lot of people with very tall ceilings, open ceilings with just ACs in it, trying to keep temp. It's just evaporating and going everywhere. Everything's closed off. We built a, mm-hmm. a building within a building. Wow. And it's so like we can literally walk on our scaffolding above it inside a building to repair anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went a little overboard, but I think it's going to pay off in the long, long run. Term, yeah. Yeah. Because like our clients know that like I'm in there after day nine, stripping leaves and looking like pulling to see if they're stringing on a cure when it's hanging, checking buds. I smoke everything every day after day 10. I smoke a mm-hmm. little bit of everything. Just this on the hang. Yeah. Then we go by st- batch strain mm-hmm. we start pulling down for the trimmers so it's still hanging before it reaches all the trimmers then as that trims and it's our trimming is done in temperature controlled also okay so everyone's like it's 60 60 mm-hmm. so they're freezing their asses off in there um some of them are some are fine but we bag there we package there well, then it goes into the storage container but all of this is even in the neutral like uh, common area 60 mm-hmm. 60 wow so we really push for that like yeah. we trim from the stem uh, there is no touching of the buds. Uh, we only wear gloves when we like when we touch plants. There's no oils transferred um, off our skin or mm-hmm. anything else that you're carrying on your body. Uh, I find that to be very important, and I also find it important to be with your plants every day. Yeah. Um, I may not hand water all my flowering, that because I think it's more for precise and precision mm-hmm. for me, so I can understand what's going on with my plants. Um, it helps me using drippers that mm-hmm. way. Plus, it gives me more time to look at things in the room. Mm-hmm. So it allows me to spend more time with the plants of checking it. So I call it walking the line. I walk every row of every room every day, first thing before anyone gets to my building. Wow. I write down everything that needs to be done mm-hmm. beforehand, and it goes on a whiteboard, and I text it to my group, and then it goes on a monthly calendar for everyone. Wow. So we're planning constantly. I yeah. work with my... I like that organization. Yeah. I would respect that so much, so much if I worked for you. I'd oh be like, gosh. thank you. This is, you know, that's yeah. very organized. Yeah, and then and I always try to get the guys out by 2 on yeah. Fridays. Um, it's like we always try to leave by 4. Mm-hmm. We get there at 8. And, you know, I have to... I'm going to cut you off really quick. There's yeah. something that to be said about that kind of work ethic that you have and the leadership tone that you have set because it all starts and ends with you, right? And how hard they work starts and ends with you and what they see you pouring into. So the fact that like, I'm just like visually, I don't even know what your girl looks like, but I'm visually just like, like thinking about you walking in and out and taking notes and like as an outsider, that's so admirable because that's what you want out of somebody you're working for, especially in such like a delicate situation, delicate area. And it's like, as a patient that gives me so much more pride for you as a brand because yeah. it's like that's fucking cool that you do that yeah. like yeah. that's thank you. you set your team up for success you make sure that they're taken care of by take by being there early by looking at what needs to yeah. be done and then setting the tone for them for the day so what they come in they're like oh he's already been here he's already taken yeah. care of stuff like now we just get to get after it yeah i'll try like so let's say we have a big leafing day and it's only travis and ty back there and it's like 20 light room, big leafing a day is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. 
So I'll get there and do all the tanks. I'll clean all the lines out. I'll make sure all the hand watering's done, all the clones are cleaned, like the domes are, everything's watered and the right amount. So when they get there at nine, it's just straight go in. It's just bigly if they got one task to do. That's nice. And yeah. so, well, it's it's yeah. teamwork. It is yeah. teamwork. It, it does teamwork. make the dream work. I am no different mm-hmm. than any of my guys on yeah. my team. And the fact that they get to learn in a facility this nice, right. they are learning at such a faster rate. Like mm-hmm. Ty, Ty's amazing. He doesn't have Instagram. Mm-hmm. So his uh, his learning isn't curated by Instagram. It's mm-hmm. it's actually what he's learning Which by his hands. Which is beautiful in the world yeah. we live in. It's so, so amazing. I mean, yeah. really. So this, awesome. this guy has learned faster than anyone else. Because like Travis has already had experience. Mm-hmm. So he grew up growing in grass valley. Okay. So he already knew. Mm-hmm. And he's... Uh, low voltage electrical and HVAC okay. and everything. Mm-hmm. So Ty came from working at KFC and we got him and he started building with us and working. He's worked his <laughs> way up and he's one of the last ones there. Dude. We had awesome. eight employees but to yeah. start with, just them two and mm, they're that awesome. good. Yeah. But Ty has learned everything on propagation. And so like propagation on cloning and mm-hmm. moms and his now he's learning how I watch the rooms and do the timing. Mm-hmm. So like we get to work together every day now mm-hmm. like and coached on the way of like to teach him what I'm looking for mm-hmm. and looking at yeah. in these plants and how we're pairing it together yeah. and his ability to catch all this is amazing because he's learning stuff that like Instagram normally is just trying to sell you something yeah it's right. all to sell something mm-hmm. and this guy is learning stuff that it's like he's using the stuff we have in the building so he's learning how to use the stuff in the building better instead of just showing up and like, oh, I heard this is great. Right. Yeah. Let's switch gears again and buy mm-hmm. something new because mm-hmm. it's going to be a Canacon. Cool. Yeah. And I'm like, no, stop buying next year's LEDs. Yeah. Fix the ones you have. Mm-hmm. Buying new technology is not going to fix your problem. Yeah. It's you. You've got to fix one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Too many people in this yeah. grow world, they're like, they change 10 things in their room. And you're like, what? I'm not an educated person, but I'll tell you what. I do remember in science class, you change one thing mm-hmm. and then you can figure out what's wrong. And yeah. if that one thing didn't fix it, put it back, start over. Yeah. Go back to something and else and change the yeah. next one. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same thing with growing. Yeah. It's no different. So what you, you talk very highly about your team. Mm-hmm. What is the process of you picking? Because obviously your whole, you have a whole experience. You have, you're very methodical. Everything is very thought out, very tedious. So your team must also be the same. What does your process look it like? In wasn't. well, okay. So that that goes to say, what's the process been like or looked like for you to pick uh, your team? And like when you look for people to come on, is there certain attributes now or certain yes. keywords that you look for? I don't know if we'd bring anyone else on anymore. Yeah, uh, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I would just rather provide qual like a better life for the people I have. Yeah. Instead okay. of like yeah. lower like. My goal is to provide for a mm-hmm. few families in an area and then provide for the area and yeah. not overproduce and oversaturate the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important to not overgrow and overbuild mm-hmm. uh, because it will diminish your brand, but also diminish the quality of your life. So, like, it's really important for me to uh, have my personal life with my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, we can have space. And yeah. it's like, I already talk about weed nonstop. She hates it. But yeah. I need to be able to come home and not be buying another dispensary or, or not yeah. another. I don't even have one. Doing, But doing all the other extra things that you don't have on your plate at the moment yeah. to be able to I give do to the, your wife. Yeah, I want to do, I want to grow really good flour. I smoke flour. I don't smoke that much hash. Mm-hmm. I respect all avenues of cannabis. I eat a lot of edibles, but I smoke flour. Mm-hmm. And 
I like growing flour. Yeah. So I, that's all I want to do. I want to do it well. But the food thing also, I want to do really well because that's yeah. something else. Yeah. Uh, but the team, they, Travis and so Danielle does our compliance, uh, and they're together. And we got them through an old bad business partner. We mm-hmm. had a lot of trouble in the beginning with uh, people trying to take advantage of a great situation. And uh, I gave a lot to the team and I fin- financed a lot of it. And it, you know, the market turned and we couldn't turn profit as fast as possible. And people got vicious and um, restless. And we ended up losing a few people from our company and mm-hmm. a few employees. Then we learned that certain things weren't necessary and some were better than others. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to move on from relationships yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. they get toxic. And um, the guys that stuck around were very similar to my work ethic. Mm-hmm. I am not an easy person I would say to work for sometimes yeah. because I work a lot mm-hmm. and I demand a lot of quality. Um, I would, I want things, if you have a problem, I want a question. And then if you have a question, I want someone with a solution mm-hmm. and I want to start thinking about solutions. And um, I don't like when people shut down and they stop and they won't do it. And they're like, I can't do that. And so yeah. I find that I have been in more I have learned more in difficult situations and yes. putting myself in awkward situations than anything else. Right. And um, it's kind of like diamonds come out of pressure. You know, it's mm-hmm. like some good things happen. And these guys, they stuck around and we've, I like to think I pay them well and take care yeah. of them. And, mm-hmm. uh, they stick around and they, they work when they need to and mm-hmm. they don't have strict hours. Uh, they just have to be there by nine and we work until we're done and that's it. And uh, they're really good guys and, then we got Jerry that does the pop-ups and the deliveries and mm-hmm. sales with me. And Jerry's amazing. Uh, I got two business partners and they're great. Um, both are pretty silent on it. Um, they've kind of let me take the reins and, mm-hmm. you know, that's always nice. This is my vision. Yeah. Uh, like this, like the vision of where we're going with right. and stuff. And it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to like, you collaborate, but mm-hmm. artists usually when they collaborate, they're not collaborating in the same building under the same yeah. guidelines. It's usually artist to artist. And it's like, you got yeah. yours. I got mine. Yeah. Let's put these things together. Yeah, yeah. So see what we can come up with. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So we like to ask everyone this question, but what's a stigma you'd like to see changed involving cannabis? Uh, Stigma around it. Um, Mylar bags have good weed in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one we've heard before. <laughs> no. Uh, I've been outspoken on this. I have nothing against Mylar bags. We have Mylar bags. Uh, it's just that I come from a world where you see a lot of die cut bags that come off Alibaba and other places that mm-hmm. people are just shoving cheap packs in and making yeah. it look pretty. Cool for you, but I don't know. I just... Uh, I wish I could see more people pushing the stigma of like, um, uh, I guess it's a stigma. 
I don't know. I think it's just the minor back thing. And yeah. the stigma is like, I don't know, it's like a dirty culture or something. I mean, people yeah. are always like, I don't want to go to that dirty weed event. And I'm like, oh, well, let's try to make that change. That's kind of yeah. like doing the food thing. And plus, like, my wife doesn't consume. Um, so she doesn't really like going to events. Yeah. Because yeah. there's nothing for her. Yeah. yeah. And people forget that it's like, I think maybe that we should change on the stigma. It's like, it's all cannabis. Because, like, yeah. I, I kind of want to see something a little more than just cannabis. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is what you're trying to do with these dinner parties and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because I love cannabis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my life, but it's it's part of my life, but it's mm-hmm. not all my life. Yes. Like, totally. I don't have a pot leaf tattooed on my forehead. How <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't? <laughs> no. Maybe <laughs> on an ass cheek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just you got kidding. No tattoos. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Brandon, I think this wraps up our episode today. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here and share your passion and story with us. You're very well-spoken. And yes. Thank you. I learned a lot from you and what you do with Well-Rooted and just how, I don't know, you're killing it. So yeah. it's cool to see that. I'm happy yeah. for you. We're just trying to do something different and provide something new for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it shows just even based on your words and what you're saying. And we are so grateful for you. Thank just you. sharing with us and taking time out of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. For those who are listening and want to see and follow along with Well-Rooted Genetics, go check them out on Instagram at wellrootedgenetics1. And for their website, it's www.wellrootedgenetics.com. It's a pretty dope website. Go check it out. <laughs> and thank you to everyone to listening. That was Keith, our business partner. Oh, shout out to Keith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to today's episode for everyone who listened. And stay tuned for next week. And as always, love. <laughs> stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.